This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. Hi, I'm Judith. And I'm Melina. We are internet friends turned real life friends who both experienced the tragic loss of our sons to sudden infant death syndrome in winter of 2021. In the year after Aiden died, my husband and I both became unemployed, my parents divorced, and we had to move five times for various reasons. And as for me, just a few weeks before my son Quinn died, my then husband had come out to me as a transgender woman and were subsequently divorcing. It's been a lot. (laughs) It's been a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But as long as we're living, we will love our sons deeply and work to make sure that we live a life that makes them proud. Welcome to As Long As I'm Living podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hi, everyone. Judith and Alina. Hi. As long as I'm living. So today we're going to have a very important conversation that neither of us prepared for, but I actually have been thinking about it over this past Uh week about um, talking about transitions and changes in friendship. Uh And I think this is important because I think most people who've lost a child have a friend that has a baby at some point or announces their pregnancy or um, maybe... Even not even that, let's say, you know, you're, you're single and your best friend gets married. Like there's a transition. There's always a transition between sometimes when one person is moving forward in one area of their life and the other person is maybe moving forward in another area in their life. And one thing that you and I have had in common this entire time is that we have no other living children. That's right. Um, and that might change. Well, it is hopefully going to change. Soon. It is hopefully going to change soon with the caveat <laughs> With the caveat that I don't, uh, that I myself don't believe that I'm actually going to have an alive child. It's yeah. actually come up quite a bit because I refuse to buy anything like, long, I have like these clothes that my sister sent me, but I won't wash them because I won't <laughs> buy laundry detergent. I won't buy diapers. I won't buy wipes. I can like make a room for a theoretical baby, but I can't buy soap because all yeah. I ask myself is how many bottles of soap do I get? Do I get yeah. one lifetime of soap? Do I get one lifetime of detergent? Do I want what, like last time when Aiden died, we had boxes of diapers because he was about to transition into size two diapers. I don't want boxes of diapers in my house left over. I don't yeah. want to have to look at them. I don't want to yeah. have to touch them. I don't want to have to return them. So I really struggle with preparing. But that's a side point. My point is that I'm not 100% convinced that I'm having a live child. Belina. Lena seems pretty convinced. I'm very certain about this baby. I feel good about her. She I have feels feeling. very confident. <laughs> <laughs> um, not naive, just confident. But anyway, baby, I think this baby is really giving me alive vibes. It's giving you live vibes, but Quinn gave you such live vibes too. So I don't trust her judgment because I That's was nervous fair. the entire time and I was right, but you were That's not fair. nervous. So That's I almost fair. like, however, the baby gives me alive vibes too. But, um, (laughs) okay, the reason that we're having this conversation is because things might change between us. And I think this is a conversation that so many people should have with their friends, but Mm -hmm. maybe don't have because it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. And so what I'll say is neither of us has prepared for this conversation. We are going to have this conversation right now. Yeah. For all of you guys. Yes. About how our friendship's going to change, how, yeah. what our plan is yeah. for this. And I'm hoping that we are able to, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'll say this to start. 
I'm a hundred percent positive that we're going to remain friends through this. I'm a hundred percent positive. There's no part of me that's like, oh, I won't be able to continue to be friends with her because she has a baby. What I will say is, um, I have had, so my friend Julia gave birth to a baby, a baby girl in June of last year. And it has been hard. It's been hard to watch her enter motherhood and in many ways kind of leave me behind. Um, That's the only baby kind of in my orbit. I know you have a lot of babies in your orbit because of your community and everything, a lot of families. But for me, that's kind of my only experience with a very close friend having a baby. That said, I absolutely adore that baby. Like every photo and video I see of her, I'm so happy to see. And I love her so much. I have not been able to be there for Julia as a new mom in the way that I would like to have been and that I would have been had Quinn not died. But there's a difference between you and Julia and with my relationship with you and my relationship with Julia. And that is that you are also a lost mom. And I think There are many places that you as a new mom can go for support about the mom stuff, but I'm the, I'm the person you come to for the support about the lost mom stuff. And I think, I think as much as we can continue that, that being the focus of if I'm giving you support for something, then that's all, that's all it is. Like, I think that's all it's going to be. You know what I mean? Like, not that I don't want to hear about the baby stuff because I do, but if you really need support about lost mom stuff. That's what I'm here for, you know? So I have been through this multiple times now. Yeah. Since Aiden died, because my world has a lot of babies. Um, And the only time I've had a conversation like this is with um, my sister who had a baby two months after Aiden died. And I approached her and I was like, we need to plan. And I think I feel the same way about you and me. I, this is just me because I like plans. Like I told my sister, I don't want to see pictures of the baby. Mm-hmm. I don't want, you know, I don't want you to be sending me. I don't want to. I will leave the family group chat if there are pictures of this baby. I don't want to hear about it on a daily yeah. basis. I'm yeah. not going to ask about him. Yep. Like, and you know, it's been a lot of months, ten months maybe, and I've met him twice, and um, and I don't ask. And we don't talk about him. Yep. You know, like I think that that's definitely a boundary we both respected. And so it's been, for me, it's been helpful because I feel like I don't have to always be on guard. Whereas other friends of mine who've had children, it's like I'm never quite sure when they're going to say something that might mm-hmm. slip me up. And yes. so I, I rather not feel like I constantly have to be shielding my eyes or scrolling really quickly past their page or. Mm-hmm. because I just don't know what's coming up. So I guess I think it'd be helpful for us to have ground rules. Sure. And I think we should talk about, like, a few things. I think we should talk about the plan to discuss, like, when the baby's born. Mm-hmm. I think we should discuss how we want it to affect us in terms of, like, the podcast Yeah. that we do together. And I think we should talk about how much or how little – you want to see and hear and know about the baby. Right. Okay. okay. Great. I'm ready. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, for me, finding out that babies are alive can be an emotional moment. Um, it is for me as well. 
And I know when your friend, your lost mom had that friend, I was like yeah. constantly texting you like, is yeah. baby alive? It was like my anxiety was heightened. My anxiety was heightened as well. So uh, for some of you, you may remember back in, I believe it's the November 30th episode, I talk about this. Um, my really good lost mom friend had a baby and both Judith and I were like fixated on waiting for news about the baby <laughs> because it just, I think we are way too aware of the fact that babies die. So it just felt like, we were so on guard. And so when we got the news that this baby was okay, Judith has never even met this woman. No, I don't know this <laughs> when I got the news that this baby was okay and passed it along to Judith, like it was a huge sigh of relief. So like, I will say right up front, like I want to know when you're in labor, I want to know when the baby's born, please. And please send me a picture immediately. I need to know she's okay. Yeah. I know we need to like make sure she's got pink cheeks. I have another <laughs> lost mom friend who shared with me that she doesn't want to see it. Interesting. Okay. Um, which I'm happy to respect also, but I think that that's important for me to know because I want to be respectful. I want to do this right because I know how painful it is to be on the other end. Right. So for me personally, I want to know she's born. I want a picture of her when she's born. Okay. And I also like, so I just, it's always going to come back to for me that this is, this is also part of my grief process. Like you have said many times on this podcast, like you are watching me go through the birthday first. You're watching me go through the death anniversary first and kind of like gauging how you might yeah. feel. I'm hopefully going to have more children someday. So like it is in my own best interest and I recognize that it, it's going to feel hard, but I also think it's going to feel good to see how you are responding. Like I want to be there for the ins and the outs of how it feels to be a lost mom with a new baby. I will say that I don't think it's going to go well. And I'm saying, I'm saying that from my experience right now, starting about a week ago, I've gotten panic attacks probably like four or five times a week. I had like a little PTSD experience the other night. I was lying out on yeah. the pavement in my front lawn. So I don't think that it's going to go well. Um, and I suspect that <laughs> I suspect that like my mental health is going to suffer even more. That brings me to another question. Like, you know, I hate when moms complain about stupid shit. Yeah. So I think what classifies to you as like, well, you have a live baby, so what if you can't sleep at night? And what is classifies to you as like, okay, you know, I understand that this is part of her grieving suffering. I mean, I think, I think you've done, I'll, I'll, you've done a really good job throughout this pregnancy of sharing with me some of the ups and downs, but like, I know that you've had a lot of pain that you haven't complained to me about. Yeah. Like, I know it has not been a walk in the park. And so I think you, your instincts are good about what things make sense to share with me and what things don't. Cause obviously I would love to be pregnant right now. Well, not right the second, but you know what I mean? Like I would right. love to have a different life circumstance. Like where... to be in a different world where it Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's right. right. Um, so what I'm trying to say is I think your instincts have been good. And I think it's, I will also say like, I know some people have, people have different tolerance levels for this. And I was able to, with Julia's baby, I was able to be there for her for like breastfeeding pain, breastfeeding challenges. So like, weird because my friend that had a baby also, it's like, I could be there until the breastfeeding and then I yeah. couldn't be there anymore. So I will say it felt to me like I was really super able to be there for the time up until daughter outgrew Quinn. That felt like yeah. it felt like we were just a couple of moms like trading stories and it just happened to be that my baby was dead. 
and hers wasn't. But like when her daughter was three weeks old, like I was totally able to commiserate about, you know, how much her nipples hurt. And when her daughter was seven weeks old and nine weeks old, I was totally able to commiserate about how she had not slept in eight hours. Like I knew exactly what that felt like. And then now like her daughter is like scooting around and like getting into everything. And like, I can't really commiserate about that with her. And so it doesn't really feel good to hear because that is the kind of problem I would like to have. You know what's interesting? I found myself struggling with something similar recently because I had to buy these applesauce packets for these other kids for something I'm sponsoring in memory of Aiden. And I didn't know where, I didn't know what applesauce packets to buy because I never had a baby that ate applesauce. Like I never had a baby that ate, but I felt like I was too embarrassed to ask like normal moms because I was scared that they would think that I'm not a mom. Yeah. And so I, could, I didn't know what to do because it was like, I, I need to ask, you know, like I should ask a mom or a dad like what flavors kids like, but I'm, I feel like people, I'm so scared that people might think that I'm not a mom because I haven't had this like full motherhood experience and that yeah. even more. Yeah. You know? I mean, do you remember when we were at the, at the crib store? Oh yeah. So when I was visiting Judith in DC back in January, we went to a crib store and we bought a crib, which was crazy. It was me, Judith and Judith's husband. And the three of us were just like beside ourselves, like wandering <laughs> around the baby store trying to pick out a crib. And it just felt so funny because we were like not first time parents, but we very much looked like first time parents. We did. We did. And we did. And so there was this woman who was walking by with her husband and they were picking out, you know, recliners. And I said to her, I said, they were debating between like a more expensive one and a less expensive one. And I said to her, I was like, you're going to spend so many hours in that thing. I was like, if you can, like, just go ahead and splurge on the one that you really love. And she was like, thank you so much. She's like, obviously this is our first time. And I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, you know, good luck or whatever. And even just for that one moment to just be looked at by somebody as a mom, like just a fully fledged mom felt so beautiful. Like it felt so healing to me to just have somebody recognize me as a mother. And I think that's also where it comes down to for me, like any conversation that you and I are having, like you've said to me, like, was this my mucus plug? Like, I'm so happy to discuss that with you because it just feels like two moms shooting the shit and talking about their labor and delivery. Sometimes it does feel that way. And it feels really nice. It feels like, oh, like I'm, I don't know, I'm, I feel like a mom. I suppose yeah. Like a mom with this asterisk by it, which is what yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I do I feel, feel like, like a mom with an asterisk. Mom. And I don't yeah. think people, like, I think that people would say, like, oh, you know, they would never make me feel as bad if I celebrated Mother's Day or anything. I think people recognize that I am, that I have a child. But um, it's just like with some of the smaller things, like, that no one comes to me, people don't come to me for advice about bottles. I know yeah. about it, but like none of my friends came to me for advice on that because I don't think, I don't know if they think to think of me in that way anymore. Yeah, so, or they don't want it to be painful for you. Or they don't want it to be painful for me, but like I really think it would be the opposite because it would be yeah. so validated. Yeah. But I think, you know, so maybe part of what our friendship could look like is like, there could be a point where it's like, Judith, like, it's hard for me now to hear about your baby's development past. Yeah. Four months. Yeah. Whatever. I don't want to know when it eats the avocado. I think that the day that your baby, when she eats an avocado, is going to be a really hard day for me. But I think, like, looking into the future, I can see that I will probably still want to know it. Okay. That said, like, we, I think – Honestly, like, I think the biggest thing is we're going to have to be in communication about yeah. this. And I think that there's going to be times where you're going to have to take a space. And I respect, yes. like, I respect that. I think yeah. I just I hope that you ask, you know, you tell me like, hey, I need yeah. some space. Yeah. And, and I think also that. like I think 
I provide you with a lot of support as you do for me. And I hope I want to make sure that I'm there for you, this stuff for the stuff that's uniquely that I can provide as your lost mom friend. So, so if you have 10,000 things that you're dealing with and 800 of those are about a dead baby, ask me those 800 things first and then you can sprinkle in the other stuff because there are other places, you know, you have other friends who also have babies, but that said, like, like I do still want to hear about it. What's so weird is like, I feel very uncomfortable talking to my other friends about babies. Yeah. Yeah. I feel very, even, even the one, you know, the ones I have one friend that I feel comfortable with, but in general, I don't feel comfortable talking to them about alive baby things because I don't see my baby, a live baby as the same right. as their alive baby. Yes. I give and you a really good, and she's not. I'll give you a really good example of these types of things. When we talk about on my registry, I'm registered for a hundred thousand fans. Okay. Because I read somewhere <laughs> in all different colors. Because I read somewhere that SIDS that SIDS there's abduction of SIDS risk with this fan in the room. Okay. Now I don't know if that's true, if it's not true, I don't even care. It says it, so I'm doing it. I can't ask my friends, like, yeah. did you How many fans do you How have? How many fans do you have? You have know? you read the research on fans? Yeah. Or like when we're talking about childcare. You know, yeah. like my, I have a lot of friends that I, can't, I just can't, it's, I can't talk to them about it because they don't understand the severe anxiety that I suffer from. And like, I yeah. just don't think that my experience is similar to their experience when it comes to, someone asked me the other day, a good friend, she said, are you going to get like a night nurse? And I said, no, because it's really expensive. Um, but she like, she was like, yeah, I don't like we, I said, well, I said something like, do you feel like, would you spend $300 a night on that? And then she was like, well, we don't really need it, you know? And yeah. I was like, yeah, you don't really need it because you don't have, like, the severe trauma that I have. So I That's just don't right. feel like a normal mom, and I don't feel like a lost mom right now. I kind of feel like this, like, in-between mm-hmm. mom with trauma that, yes. like, is fucked up. Like, I've said to you so many times, like, I think I need to be committed into, like, the psych ward because <laughs> I, I, I just – I'm just not normal. Like, it just sucks. I'm not normal. Yeah. Okay. So that's and that. also, it also it will be hard too once you have a baby in your arms again. I think there will be another a whole contingent of the world who's going to want to erase your status as a lost mom. Yeah. Because you'll have a living child now. Right. You know. And obviously, that's not how it works. Okay. This is another question that we should talk about. Um, what about the podcast? <laughs> okay. Sorry, I just got water all over my face. Um, as far as the podcast goes, I think, I think we'll just keep going with it. I think personally, I think there's going to be so much content. No offense. Cause I think you're going to be a hot mess. <laughs> I'm such a hot mess. I'm such a hot mess. But also like, I mean, parenting after loss is also its own thing. I think we need to be careful about like what amount that becomes the podcast, because obviously that's not even my story. Right. And also it's not a lot of people's stories who listen, but I do think like there will be a small snip- snippet of like the life updates, things that will be about what it's like to parent as a lost parent. Yeah. Um, but I also will say like, we have, like we're recording right now, we're getting really far into the future. Like, I think we're going to do a good job of just like setting aside a couple hours, you know, every couple weeks and just recording a bunch of stuff because I want to keep doing it if you do. I want to keep doing it too. And I think it's, this is a way for me to channel my love for my son. Yeah. And I think that that's another thing. Like right now I have a lot of time to parent a dead baby. Yeah. And I worry about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, I have another question for you. Okay. Something that I'm really sensitive to is I can hear when I call my friends, I can hear their babies in the background. And it's very difficult to me. I'm very triggered by babies crying. I'm very sensitive to it. That said, that is something I'm actively working on in EMDR right now. So I will say, I think that will be something that I'm sensitive to, especially, especially if and when she's like three and four months old, that age baby crying, like if there's a baby at a restaurant, like it immediately sets me off. Like I'm done. Like I'm staring off into space, like losing my mind. So I think that is definitely something to be aware of. And I'm glad you asked because I am also sensitive to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, what about, um, you have given me some twins things to incorporate into my life, and I really hold those things dear, and I already have them like hanging up, and I have this book, and it's in the bookshelf. Um, Like, I wonder, for myself, so I'm wondering for you too, like, I wonder if I had given Aiden's onesie to somebody, if that would be, if I would want to see a picture, or if I wouldn't want to see I would want to see a picture. I would not want to see a picture. Interesting. I would maybe send me the picture like in six months. Take the picture and send it to me in six months. I think I would want to, I think I want to see the picture. You would want to see the picture. Yeah. These are all such good questions and I'm so happy to be thinking about these with you ahead of time. See, this is what makes me think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to be fine also. I'm not, I'm, I'm not worried about it, but I think it's important conversations to have because I think there's so many times where I have been in a situation with other people for other things. Like I said, yeah. you know, when my friends got married before me and I got married young. So what I'm just saying, like, I think we all can do a better job being sensitive to people. I agree. And I have, I have suffered so much this past year. I know how painful so many little things are. Like, I think a conversation like this can prevent so much pain. Yeah, I agree. You know, if I, if we had these conversations with like our families or, you know, with the friends or people, whatever, you had to go to a wedding this summer. Like imagine if your friend yeah. came to you and said like, hey, I can imagine that this wedding might be hard. What are some things that you think are going to be most difficult to you so I can be prepared for it and I can make this an easier experience for you? It would have meant the world to me. Yeah. I felt like I had to fight so much for people to think about my experience. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I don't, I don't want that. I want us to be a kinder, more sensitive, thoughtful society. I agree. I think so too. I mean, people are, people really suffer. I mean, I think, I think what, I think maybe what people would not recognize when you lose a baby, I mean, when you have any kind of big loss, like there's the loss and then there's also 10,000 other little losses. And one of those things is that your friendships change. They just do. Like I know if, if Quinn had not died, that Julia and I would be, you know, sharing parenting, bitching about parenting, like all all the time. And like my other friends who live nearby, like I know that they would be over at my apartment all the time hanging out with my baby, like, because they would have such a relationship with him too. And that's just like, not my story. And I have to grieve for that separately from having to grieve the loss of my child, which is obviously the biggest gaping hole. My best friend had a baby five months before I did. And when I first moved to LA, we did a lot of things together. Like she took me shopping at Target. I was like, you're going to need this butt cream and you're going to need this, whatever it was, bathtub. She like showed me everything. And then like while they were alive for three months at the same time, we went to Target 
every week. And she yeah. was like a couple months ahead of me. So she was like doing the teething thing when I was just buying the diapers. And she would show me how to get like the $15 off deals. And like, and then one day it just stopped. Yeah. It was like, we did that every single week, spent yeah. hours together at Target. And the point was just to have fun. I mean, it's not like we were, yeah, you know, like at Target. Yeah. Bonding and baby. We were just bonding. We were just like yeah. having fun and like doing this new thing together. And it was fun to do it together. And then it just stopped. And we never went to Target ever again. And actually, yeah. it's interesting. Sometimes she would say to me, oh, I can't, you know, I'd be like, I want to hang out this afternoon. She's like, oh, I, I have to run an errand. And it would come out later that she was at Target. And it would hurt so much. But, like, obviously, she's entitled to go to Target. <laughs> and, I know that, and I know that she, like, tried not to tell me she was at Target. But, like, I think that's part of it, too. It's, like, the losses, you lose these, like, things that you can, that you wish you were doing together. You know? Yeah. yeah. Do you think we should come up with a code word for if you start talking about something that I feel like I can't handle? I think you should just say I can't handle this. And then <laughs> okay. I'll say, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just tell me that. I mean, so something that's kind of interesting is I feel like very, have I ever said that to you about something related to pregnancy? Um, there has not been a time where you've said to me, I don't want to hear about this pregnancy. However, yeah. I want to add a caveat that I don't talk about this pregnancy. That's right. In a happy way. Not, I don't want to say it unhappy. <laughs> I don't talk about this pregnancy in a naive or horrified way. I agree. I think, I think you also like you, uh, I'm guessing that you're doing a mental calculation already of, is this something to share with Lena or not? And I'm just here to say, I think you've been doing a very good job of that. We have talked about the pregnancy, especially like if you have questions about something or if you're anxious about something like, and I helped with the nursery too, which I honestly am surprised. Help, help with the nursery is the understatement of the century. Help with the nursery. I mean, you picked out the curtains, like everything. I send you everything with the nursery. And I'm always shocked that you feel comfortable answering. Me too. <laughs> always shocked. And you always seem like excited to help me. I am. I, I know. I don't know why, because for me, it would be so hard. But yeah. it doesn't seem to bother you. I mean, I think, I think this, again, like, I think this is a special case. This is a special relationship and this is a special baby. Like, I think you're a, you're a, a very good friend and a lost mom. And this baby is, I'm looking at her like she's my little niece and I, you know, she's Quinn's best friend's little sister. I think I wouldn't be able to help any old person with their entire nursery. I think it's special just because of you and I love you so much. And it's also special just because I feel a real connection to this baby. And I feel like you get it. I really do feel like you get it. I mean, you obviously get it. You completely get it. And what about the mental health stuff? Like, I feel like recently I've really been complaining a lot about the mental health side. of everything. I'm so happy to help you with that. I'm, I'm, I'm all there and I'm all in. I feel like my mental health has declined quickly. Yes, it has. And, um, and like, I'm concerned for my own self. And, like, I guess the thing that I am hoping for is that people around me will keep an eye out on my mental health. Yeah, I will be keeping an eye on your mental health. And you're going to be under the care of doctors, psychiatrists, the whole nine oh my yards. God, the whole nine yards. You have quite a team. But I've been told that I'm at a high risk for postpartum psychosis. Oh, good. <laughs> like severe postpartum anxiety, depression. They told me it all gets worse. That's great. Great. Thrilling. Yeah, I worry about that. And I want people to keep an eye out. Yeah, for it I'll be keeping an eye out on you. I remember when I spoke to my friend on the phone. And like every time I spoke to her, because I lived away from her at the time, she just like sounded off. And I said to her, like, do you think maybe you have postpartum depression? She's like, no, no. But it turns out she did. Yeah. You know, like, anyway. Yeah. So I think, I don't know. I mean, to sum up, 
I'm so excited for this baby. I cannot wait to meet her. Oh yeah, that's another question. When am I going to come meet her? So the, so for me, I don't want to ever meet a baby after two months and 20 days. Yeah, that's fair. I know I do not want to be near that baby when she is three and a half to four and a half months old. I can't do it. Absolutely yeah. not. No, no way. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, have I already talked to you about this, that maybe whenever she's born and we know, you know, what her birthday is, that maybe I can plan to come, come visit you while that baby is going to, when she's going to be two months and 20 days old. Yeah. It's going to be a bad time for me. Exactly. That's why I think it might be good for me to be there. Yeah. That would be really good. And you know, what's interesting is that like, I kind of feel like in between two months and 20 days and then like 11 months or like nine or 10 months. Yeah. I'm like MIA. But once the baby's like walking and talking, like I, I can handle it. It doesn't hurt as much. Yeah. Because I agree. Aiden was never even close to that, you know? Yeah. It feels like a totally different life experience. Totally different experience. And then also another thing to talk about is like last summer we went on that little retreat together. Yeah. It's my intention to fully go on that retreat. I want to. Okay. I really want to. I want to. Even, you know, we'll have to figure it out. With baby or without baby? Without baby because I would like to get drunk. (laughs) Perfect. I can't wait. I, yeah, I would like to get drunk. Okay. I think this was a really good conversation and this will be an ongoing conversation for us too and we'll just have to stay on the same page. And I'm hoping, maybe fingers crossed, our next pregnancies will be together. That would be so fun. That would be so cute. That would be really great. You think we'll still be friends then? Of course we will. Remember when when (laughs) at the retreat and then I was like, so we get to just be friends now? (laughs) And I was like, yeah. (laughs) I think we've done a really good job being friends. Me too. Okay. If you have any tips for navigating relationships with friends who are having babies as a lost parent, we'll put a question box up. I would love to hear from our listeners. Oh my God. I would love to hear from our listeners. Like what are some guidelines that you put into place for yourself? Yeah. What are some things that were really hurtful for you that you wish your friend hadn't done? Yeah. Actually, it's interesting because I had a friend who told me that her, um, like someone she knew came over one day and put her baby in her dead son's um, high chair. Oh. And she was like, I cannot look at that person ever again. <laughs> that person's dead to me. That person, like, that like, she would just come in and just put her alive baby in my son's head chair. I think, like, uh, those are some of the things that. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. Okay. I will talk to you later. All right. Bye, everybody. To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at as long as I'm living podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at as long as I'm living podcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grooving brains allow.